This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. This is the Main Attraction Podcast. Now, here are your hosts, Justin Strong and Ryan Nelson. Welcome to the Main Attraction Podcast, where we discuss the biggest television shows and movies in the entertainment industry. I'm your host, Justin Strong. Joining me each week is the other host of the show, Special Operator Ryan Nelson. Justin, I could not have been the only person to have to stop and pause the show and marvel at a dog in a scuba mask. <laughs> True. That is a good point. I did not even think about that. <laughs> but that is a very good point because I've never had seen uh, that before in my life. <laughs> I had not. My wife was like, that dog had a scuba mask on. I was like, where? <laughs> we stopped it. It was like, oh my, that is so cool. Yeah, it was it was definitely different. I was I was not expecting that, but hey, you never know what you're going to see when you watch a film. So, uh, if you've been listening to the podcast since we started a few months ago, thank you for continuing to listen and making us a part of your day. If you're new to the show, we hope that you enjoy it as we talk about the new Amazon Prime video show, The Terminalist, starring Chris Pratt. If you are new or a regular and like more access to the show. Visit our Patreon page and become a patron of the Main Attraction Podcast. Go to patreon.com slash the Main Attraction Podcast. You can get Patreon-only content. You can support us at a 3 5 10 or $20 level. When you join up, we'll shout you out here on the show. If you ever want to join, if you want to know what we talked about, we talked about the last couple of weeks, we talked about movies we liked that you wouldn't expect us to like. We've talked about movies that we didn't like that you would expect us to like. Uh, we've talked about all different types of things. We talked about movie trailers. So there's a lot of different types of content out there that you can get from us uh, because by being just a $5 patron on the Patreon. So if you've been interested, if you want to take a dive there, uh, we would highly recommend it. And it also helps getting us better equipment for the show. So we do invest it back into the show if you can't be a patron you can help the show out by rating us on spotify and apple podcast leave us a five-star rating and if you have time write us a review on apple podcast if you do write us a review on apple podcast we'll read it on air next time we record regardless however you do it if you will just take the time scroll down click on the link and then give us a five-star rating it does a lot to get our show into the ears of new listeners and we would be greatly we would greatly appreciate it if you did so so all right, so we are discussing the terminal list starring Chris Pratt. Let's go ahead and before we get into the, to the show itself, let's talk about Chris Pratt a little bit. Uh, what, what do you think about Chris Pratt? Love him, huge, huge fan. I think he's one of the true action stars out there, and I'm glad he's doing a show like this. And I hope he continues to make the movies he's making and do shows like this. Love him. He has he has it as an action presence he's yeah, one of the only ones we have yeah I, I really like chris pratt a lot um you know chris pratt's rise to fame and stardom is just so odd and random that yes. it's just so weird i know you haven't seen parks and recreation i have seen it but if you watch parks and recreation the first season of that show is only like six or seven episodes long it's not it's it's kind of like it was like a trial run before they gave it a full season they did that with the office as well um but that first season he's in there and i 
based off of the fact that he he is not he doesn't have he's not introduced his name is not put on the intro credits at all you don't see his picture the character he was supposed to play i think was supposed to be just a character that was going to be done away with after two or three episodes but the audience you know just gravitated to him so so well that they were like we got to put him on the rest of the show and he ended up he ends up becoming a star uh you know he was very different he was he was this you know chubby overweight guy in in parks and recreation and then when as his fame began to continue to grow in parks and recreation that's how he ends up getting basically the lead role in guardians of the galaxy uh he ends up getting buff uh now he's like this action star but he still has his comedic roots as well uh just look i've loved him i love a lot of the stuff that he does i love the guardians of the galaxy movies they're among my favorites in the marvel cinematic universe uh i enjoyed that tomorrow war film that he did for amazon a few years ago it's not great but you know it's still i, I liked it uh jurassic yeah, world I, did, I haven't seen the last two i heard they're terrible yeah, but the first rest, yeah go ahead i was gonna say the same thing yeah yeah, the first one though I really loved. Uh, like I said, most of the stuff that he's in, I, I have thoroughly enjoyed. Now this one, I'm going to have. A, I got some mixed opinions on this one. I'll be perfectly honest with you, and we'll get into that in just a little bit. But what are your overall thoughts on the Terminalist so far? So I'm enjoying it. Uh, there's some plot stuff that I think you know has to be uh, like we have to get some resolution on. But overall, I really enjoyed it, and I don't know why. This is a genre that was huge in the 70s and 80s right. and really the 90s. And we kind of gotten away, I, I, I guess, because the Tom Clancy movies didn't do as well. And then right. John Krasinski brought back the Jack Ryan series. Now I love that. But like these are movies that were huge and they were huge for like Kevin Costner was in a movie called No Way Out in the right. mid 80s. And that was a huge movie for him because it's one of his biggest hits at the time. Yeah. I think it was, and that kind of got him going to where he was going. And people love this stuff. And I don't know why we don't do more of it. And I'm, and I'm enjoying it. Well, I kind of have an idea. I think it's hard to do these films. And I think basically, if you go back and watch a lot of those types of films and movies, they were very heavy on plot not a whole lot on story development and stuff like that yeah, i think that's yeah. what i'm seeing in this and i'll get into, we'll get more into it in a little bit but uh so let's go ahead and just kind of get into this because I, i'm struggling with this one i'm struggling a lot with this one more so than i have probably anything else that we have reviewed on on this podcast uh look i love chris pratt i do and i think it's good that he is trying to break out and branch out into a different type of role for him and I think he's good in this. I will say this. I don't think he's great in this. I don't know it's him. I think it's more the writing because when I was watching this, I was like, what I love about Chris Pratt is he is just so charming and, and charismatic. And he's not that in this. Uh, he is very, uh, what's the word? Uh, he's very brooding in this and, one, like I was thinking when I was watching this, I was like, one of the things that made Tom Hanks, when he kind of transitioned from the goofball comedies that he did mm -hmm. in the 80s and stuff and more into the 90s, we did a lot more of the serious dramatic roles. He still always had the charm in his roles when he was doing those, even though he was doing more serious, more dramatic roles when he was doing those. You still had the charm there. The things that you loved about Tom Hanks were still very present in the characters. And I think the writers were smart to keep that as part of the roles that he was playing when he was kind of making that transition. 
they didn't do that for Chris Pratt in this. Yeah, uh, I, I agree with you, but like, look, look at the story. His his team was murdered. Yeah, well, and that's he, part he of has it. issues, and then his family's murdered. Yeah, and that's going to be part of it. Well, so let's go ahead and get into it first. All right, so uh, let's, let's just talk about episode one real quick. So we're doing the first four episodes. Uh, we will come back to it later because I think this is a story that you probably need the whole thing. Uh, yeah, really- I'm with you, and I think that's why they dropped it all late. Because yeah. if you, if they dropped, this would not have been popular week to week. I no, think people would have been. watched the first episode and been like, I'm done. Yeah. And like I said, I, I think if we get to the end of it, I may have a slightly different opinion of this as we get to the end of it. But the first four, I like I said, I've struggled with the first four. So the first episode, one of the things I didn't like about it, is, the first episode was easily my least favorite. I'll, I'll go ahead and tell you that much right now. It was my least favorite. The, the introduction scene where you have his team that is going in in this Operation Odin Sword, where they're supposed to be trying to track down this, this chemical terrorist, chemical weapons terrorist, and to kill him. One of the things I don't like about these types of films or these types of shows that makes it really difficult is we've got these guys in really dark clothing in a really dark setting. They all are dressed the same and I can't tell what's going on all the time. I would, I would agree with you on that. And especially since we just met them. Yes. That was the issue. I, I, like, I don't like, know. Go ahead. I was going to say one of the people, the only other person who is known somewhat known is is Chris Pratt's brother-in-law right. is Patrick Schwarzenegger, Schwarzenegger. Mm-hmm. is playing Donnie Martinez. I didn't realize that was him. No, I didn't either. Until afterwards. And uh, Patrick Schwarzenegger actually dates a model from Birmingham. So every oh, really? once in a while, people were like, he's in Birmingham. So I, <laughs> I've peeked at his Instagram every once in a right. while. So I know what he looks like. So I didn't even notice that was him until afterwards. Until I was like, oh, because I was like, part is Patrick Schwarzenegger play. And I realized he was Donnie Martinez. So, But like, you're right. That is... It is hard to tell what, what is going on. And let, let me throw one, one other thing out. This is such a trope for these type shows. When they're talking about how the mission, they don't see any issues and it feels right, exactly. very safe. You know, everything is bad. Is about to yeah. <laughs> Everything yeah. is going to go wrong. Yeah, but, exactly. But I, I would agree with you. And I'm kind of shocked because Antoine Fuqua, mm. incredible director. Yes, he is. He's very good. Is, 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 doing the, is doing this one. And he's done a lot of war movies. Yeah. So uh, I, well, well, I think his best I, movie, best moment movie is, would you say Training Day? Training Day. Yeah. yeah that's what I think yeah. too. Yeah. And then, uh, but, uh, you know, I, I was kind of surprised that I'm, I'm with you. It's kind of hard to tell. And to be honest, when you don't have a lot of diversity in the cast. Yeah, I know. That was really guys. surprising. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was really yeah. surprised by that. When they were introducing that the team, I was like, there's not a, this, this is a, a bunch of white guys. <laughs> I was like, they don't well, it, a- ma- it makes it even, I mean, you know, uh, I, I, I think we're going to put a, a trope that like, you know, I mean, a, a statement that other races, like we all look the same out there, you know, yeah, in the military <laughs> stuff. So that's part of the thing that was hard to look like a bunch of Chris Pratt's out there. Yeah, I really did. I mean, so when they were when they were coming back and he's back in the states and he's being interviewed by the NCIS, you know, and they were talking about how uh, he was saying it was I don't remember what the abbreviation was, but it was that other it was that guy from that other troop, and they're saying no, it was Donnie. Uh, I was like I, I couldn't tell who it was. <laughs> I have no idea because I couldn't tell, and you know he was insistent that it wasn't his one of his guys, and they were. And I was like I, I I couldn't tell you, and that's kind of a that's kind of a big deal because that's kind of one of his his driving points but i think he later realizes that he it was his guy i think um no it wasn't his guy. it wasn't okay see no, I, no. I don't know so <laughs> I we find out because if we find out that they've 
at, at episode three or four that the uh, the group uh, Capstone has the capability. They were able okay, to change, that's right. yeah, that's change right. the, yeah. the comps. So he was right. He's been right the whole time. Okay. All right. And so that kind of gets into our, my next issue. Uh, I, the first, I kind of like this and I kind of, but I thought they kind of went too far. I, I like an unreliable narrator. I like that when you really don't know that you can trust what the person who is on the screen is telling you. But they seem like they were pushing a little bit too far. But like I said, what do you think about an unreliable narrator in general? Sometimes it annoys me. Sometimes it's done well. I kind of disagree with you. I thought this one was done well because part of that is because Pratt is good because he was like, no, I'm telling the truth. Right. And then that kind of went away after the second episode because in three and four, we found out he was right the whole time. Well, he's he's having issues. The second episode is where it threw me off, and this is what I got frustrated. I, I can understand that, yeah. But because the second episode, what they what they do is like, is at the end of the first episode when he gets attacked, and he is convinced that it's uh, Josh uh, Holder who was yeah. who was who was the person who attacked him. He is convinced that it is him, but at the end of the second episode, they realize they reveal that no, that wasn't him. And like I said, that's where I think they needed to not they needed to confirm that he's actually correct in his thinking at that point, and that's what. I really started having a really hard time with. I was like, "That's a, are that we going to believe this point. guy or not?" Because I had a hard time yeah. with it. That's you know what, what made it really a good struggle point. with. It. He he was wrong about that. He was wrong about that. That it wasn't it wasn't who uh, Josh played by Warren Cody, who we saw in Yellow Jackets, that did a fantastic job. And I, th- I think this guy's showing up more. So. Okay, what was he in Yellow Jackets? I don't. Remember. He was uh, Melanie Linsky's husband. Oh, that's right. Yes, you're I think right. His name uh, was Jeff. He was that. a huge part. I can't believe for yeah. God. And uh, yeah. I just didn't, I just, I didn't pick. Yeah. But so, they were such uh, different characters. I just didn't. They were a lot different. Together. Yeah. But um, I, I thought he does a good role, but I, I agree with you on that. That was the one thing that Pratt, that uh, I'm sorry, James Reese was wrong about that. Everything else he, he has been right about that. Right. Like, but uh, yeah, that makes sense. You, you, they should have done a better job. I'm, I'm with you on that, man. You're making me uh, go back and forth <laughs> on my rating on this. Because, like I said, that was a huge thing to me. Because if you want no, me to believe him the yeah. rest of the way, I need to believe I need him to be right pretty much every single time as he goes out. And that's yeah. And so I was struggling with that when they because I thought they were. I was thinking the same thing. It's going. It's going to be Holder. And when they reveal that it's not, I was like okay. So what can I believe from this guy? And for the most part, and then in three and four, it's like okay, they want you to. You can believe him for the most part, but that's yeah. you're 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 making me struggle with that when you do that in episode two. All right, so uh, obviously his entire team gets killed. Uh, Boozer is ki- <clears throat> Boozer is killed as well. They set it up to be a suicide. Th- this was all of exposition, and you know, first episodes. I'm always I'm always struggling with the first episode because you get a lot of exposition. So I wasn't too yeah. terribly worried about that. The only thing I that I was a little bit struggling with here in the first episode as well. Riley Keough seemed kind of bored as his wife. Uh, she did. I agree with you. She's a pretty big star. She is. And I was kind of surprised she did this because even though she's listed in all eight episodes, but like they only used her a couple of times in the flashbacks. Right. But I, I'm with, I, I agree on that. She was of the big name people. I, I, I've i seen her in other stuff and she's been much better. I, I thought she was kind of melding it in on this one. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like I said, I, I thought they were just trying to make us feel like she didn't trust her husband because of his status, but we never got, if that was what they were going for, they didn't really do a good job of selling it. Yeah. Uh, so like I said, I wasn't just real convinced. My other issue is the daughter. Look, 
she may be a wonderful actress. I'm going to pull up her name real quick because I had it a second ago. Uh, but her, her, his daughter, uh, Lucy, who's played by Arlo Mertz. Yeah. Let me see how old she is. How old is she? Uh, she is. I've got her IMDb right here, and I can't find her age. Why don't they have her age? Well, they've gotten where you don't have to put people's age anymore. Of what states? Well, they did that on purpose so people could play teens forever. Uh, I guess so. All right. Well, anyway, she looks like she's like 10 or 11, right? Okay. Yeah. She what acts she... like she's five or six. <laughs> I mean, that's all, that's my biggest issue. The, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. Because yeah, like I, she... I, I can't judge kids' ages and stuff like that. So I'm, well, like, I'm with you. She, the way she was, the picture she drew was like, I remember my niece drawing me that picture at four. Well, I mean, it's it's the picture. It's the fact that she still calls him daddy. Uh, with, look, I know a lot of Southern girls who call their daddy, their dad's daddy for the longest time, but it's always, you know, daddy, come here. Uh, I love my daddy. I mean, that's, you know, yeah. that's, it's a Southern thing. This, these aren't Southerners. Uh, but the other thing is the bird that they keep going back to this scene where the bird crashes into the window and the bird dies, you know, look, she looks like she's about the same age as my daughter. My daughter just turned 10. My daughter, if that were to happen, she would know that bird was dead. Uh, and yeah. It, a four or five year old, maybe not. And so, like I said, I, it's, it's, I don't know if it's the actress that they've gotten in Arlo Mertz or if it's just really poor writing. I feel like it's just more poor writing than anything else because this child, she comes across as like a four or five year old and she looks like she's like 10 or 11. Yeah. Uh, and like I said, I'm, I'm really struggling with that because that is a huge part of this film to me because the, they want you to, or the show, they want you to be, to really sympathize with, with James Reese. They really want you to sympathize with him, but his family's just not all that likable <laughs> for me. I mean, I mean, it's not that I'm sad that I'm not happy to see them die. Don't give me, don't, yeah. don't misunderstand, but it's like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not just, I wasn't just completely torn up when at the end of episode one, that we got that they, that they were killed. I mean, uh, you know, it's, it's sad. Well, I'm, I'm with you because Raleigh Keough's who is Elvis's granddaughter. Let's just mm-hmm. throw that out there. Is a really good actress, and yeah. uh, I, I I was expecting more from her uh, just because I've seen her. I, I can't remember what I've seen her in now that I think about it, but she's been a lot of stuff, and she's really good. I was expecting more from her, and I was kind of surprised when she was killed so quickly. Now, what I wanted, since like I said, I wasn't real enamored with the family. What I wanted was honestly at the end of episode one was my favorite part of the entire series, even though I didn't like episode one that much. The scene when he is in the MRI machine and he gets pulled out and we get that fight scene. That's the fight scenes I'm looking forward to after the course of this this film. I'm, this, I thought it was good. Yeah, yeah, it's you. really good. I mean, mm-hmm. we get you know hand to hand combat. We get guns. We get all of it. We get a, we get a lot of fun fighting, but we didn't get a lot of that. I mean, I'm not a huge like. Let me see guys just battle it out in gun in gun warfare. Uh, that's yeah. That doesn't appeal to me. I don't know about you. Maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't well. I did like the shootout in four uh, where they're at. Uh, yeah. But part of that is because, and the other person we need to talk, Taylor Kitsch is just awesome. Taylor Kitsch is good. I've enjoyed his character a lot. I'm- I, I, you know, there was, this was a guy that looked like he was going to be a superstar. Uh, and then John Carter and the battleship movie didn't work. And so he's kind of been where he's played this part 
pretty right. regularly where he's either the bad guy, he's either the villain in a movie or he's the second or third lead. I don't know why he doesn't get his chance anymore because he is freaking awesome. So watching yeah. him and Chris Pratt take out a bunch of people, count me in anytime. <laughs> but, but I'm with you though. I, I'd like to see some more, uh, especially that I, I had the fight scene as my favorite scene too. It, it was Jason Bourne-esque. Yeah, it really the was the way the way he's taken out the guys, just how it starts and everything about it. I'm, yeah. I'm with you. Hopefully, th- there's more one-on-one fights. I, I hope so too. I'll be well. There's got to be because Jay Courtney is in this, and as big as he is, and as big as Pratt is, if those two don't go at it, I am right. going to be angry. <laughs> yeah, I, I can I can agree with you on that. So, like I said, the first episode it's a lot of exposition, and the ending of the episode I liked, and this is when we find out yeah. that both his daughter and his and his wife are killed. Uh, but we're also introduced to who is my the one person who is my favorite character in the show. That is Constance Wu's Katie Burnett. I can't pronounce yeah. her. The, She's really good too. She's I have really actress. enjoyed her. I, I I enjoy her part of this entire film of this entire series more so than I have Chris Pratt's because she has the mystery section of this going on. Yeah. And that's the part of it that I kind of enjoy, but I don't think we're getting enough of it to be perfectly honest. Yeah. I'm with you. And she's a really good actress. She was a star of fresh off the boat with Randall Park on ABC. It was a comedy that ran yeah. several seasons. And then also and hustlers. In hustlers and crazy rich Asians, which is, I, I, I loved, one. I liked hustlers. Uh, and I really like Crazy Rich Asian. You would like that movie. You should watch it. I probably it. would. I uh, it's, it's really good. She's the star of that. And she's, I was shocked she was in this. And I was like, oh, man. But, you know, to work with Pratt and Antoine Fuqua, I I, I think that's going to, that probably got people signed up. Yeah, it probably did. I would think it would anyway. Because, like I said, they got a pretty decent cast this with, yeah, with very her, good. with Schwarzenegger, yeah. with uh, Riley Keough. Gene Triplehorn. Gene Triplehorn. I, I I like her role. It's not a huge yeah, role. Jay Courtney. Yeah. Is, you know, yeah, there's been a lot of stuff. So yeah. So lot lots of good lots of good actors in this. Uh so like I said, the first episode, we 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 get all this information. Uh, and this is when and when James Reese, played by Chris Pratt, is basically he's going to try to hunt everybody down that uh is there's a part of this, and it starts all with um it all starts with Holder. What was his first name? Uh, Josh, right? Yeah, Josh Holder. So Josh Holder. Uh, like I said, I, I I did not recognize him as uh, what's his what's her name's husband in Yellow Jackets. They just are such different characters. I they are recognize yeah. him. Uh, but it, so this is the one that he keys in on first. This is the one that he goes after uh, because he he thinks like we we talked about here a second ago that Holder was the one who attacked him in the doctor's office when he was getting his MRI done and we find out that it's not, that's not the case uh, at the very end of the show, but he has this meticulous plan to break into his home that way that he can interrogate him and to get some truth from him. Uh, and that's kind of what this entire second episode, the plot revolves around. It's also got Constance Wu, uh, Katie's uh, played uh, Katie's character played by Constance Wu is trying to, you know, find out about, you know what's going on with this guy uh whether is reese really out of his mind what's going on she convinces him to give his medical records uh sign off on having his medical records turned over to him to her but she also ends up getting kind of mixed in this so when she meets them for lunch uh when she meets reese for lunch the guy is tracking them we don't know who, it's just some guy i don't remember what they said he worked for but he was like a former mercenary or something like that yeah 
Uh, but he tracks them down and they have the shootout in the street and she's in the car. So she's kind of mixed up in all this as well. Uh, but she's the one who finds out that he has a tumor in his head. And, you know, this is why he's having headaches. And, and the, the part with the headaches, I kind of like, but they the, every time we see Chris Pratt on the screen, he's having a headache. And we're, like I said, it's, it's a bit distracting for me. And that's one of the issues I have with it. Are you, are you buying in with that? Yeah. I- yeah, I, I actually was buying it. I think because he's he's doing a good job. Uh, I guess because I've seen movies like this before. Right. I'm trying to think of some Memento is uh, Chris Nolan movies. Yeah. An example. But uh, so I get. I guess that's why it, it didn't bother me. Yeah, you know, like I said, I don't know. It, it was a small thing, but when I'm, yeah. it's one of those things where if I were enjoying the rest of the show more than I was, yeah, so I probably don't notice it as much. But right. because I'm struggling with it. Whenever I see him do it, I'm like, oh gosh, we just have another headache again. Now we got to have another flashback to something else. And like I said, when I'm enjoying it, that doesn't bother me. But when I'm not having just the best of times, then it, I, I'm, I'm struggling with it. Uh, but like I said, the, the turning point for me for this entire thing was I, I was I was kind of 50-50. But when they revealed to us that he was wrong about Holder being the guy that attacked him, that was a big that was a big turning point for me. It's like like okay so can we trust him or can we not trust him and can we rely on him to actually be correct in tracking all these people down that like that was just such a big deal for me and i know maybe i'm relying maybe that's too big of a thing for me but like it's it's such a huge story device and it seems like they're pointing us in a direction that we shouldn't be going now he was right that holder was involved he was involved he was involved holder gives up capstone so uh you know but yeah you're right though i mean when you really think about that that makes you question some of his others you know other so uh, you you make a fair point on that i i I can't you know disagree with you on that one so uh, like i said so that basically wraps up kind of episode two uh episode three and episode four is when he really truly starts his hunt for the most part and like i said all the meanwhile while this is going on you've got katie who is who is a reporter who is uh, going to be trying to track down everything about capstone everything about uh the tumors and everything that's going on with the team uh and so the first person after holder that he tries to track down is let me pull up his name because i always forget it uh Shaw, saul uh agnon who is played by sean gunn and i don't think it's a coincidence that sean gunn worked with chris pratt on uh guardians of the galaxy and that they're working together again no, because you know who Sean Gunn is, right? That is James Gunn's brother. Right, right. Yes, yeah. so I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure there's, yeah, yeah, there, there's got to, it's probably uh, Chris had a big help in getting Sean and his brother-in-law involved in this. Yeah. <laughs> so like I said, the, no no doubt that that's not a coincidence, but uh, yeah. I, I did enjoy Sean Gunn's role in this. I thought that he was really good as I this, thought he was too. Yeah. yeah. As this guy who's kind of sleazeball salesman kind of guy who's trying to convince uh, this other gentleman. I can't remember the other guy who's uh, he was selling it to, but he wanted to sell uh, th- this company to this guy. And he's basically his entire job is, uh to convince him to buy it and like i said sean gunn does a really good job of of coming across as that kind of a sleazeball character i i, I liked what he was doing yeah i did too i thought that that was his whole his whole part was good and especially his interrogation scene with reese was was really good as well yeah i thought his interrogation scene was good i thought the, the chemistry between the two of them was good mm-hmm. uh you know i i did like I, I liked what they were doing with him i like the fact that he's when he is 
conversing with Stephen Horn, played by uh, Jay Courtney. I like the fact that he's kind of telling you, look, I don't want to do this. I'm terrified. I'm going to get killed. And yeah. Courtney's like, you know, it's uh, Steve Horn's like, it's not, that's not going to happen. We're not going to let any of that happen. And obviously it does. And you know, yeah, it's, yeah. You know it's going yeah. to. Right. But, uh, just really good stuff. And again, Taylor Kitsch uh, playing Ben Edwards is there throughout the course of this. I don't know. Maybe I'm reading too much into this. But I kind of think that eventually we're going to find out that he's somehow involved in all this. What do you think? Yeah, I, when Taylor Kitsch was in this, I was like, in the part he was playing, I was like, he's going to end up being a villain somewhere. Because this is a trope also with military movies. When there's a known actor in this kind of role, he always ends up being the bad guy. Right. You think he's a friend and then all of a sudden he's bad. I will be shocked if he, if he is not, uh, because uh, I don't know. Now, granted, Kitsch may be wanting to do this, and it ends up uh, going a couple of seasons. Uh, maybe his character, but I, I'm with you. I, I'm I didn't watch anymore because I wanted to stick where I was because they were revealing so much each episode. I was afraid to keep watching more. But yeah, I'm with you. I, I would be shocked if he's not the bad guy. Yeah, I, like I said, it kind of feels that way. Maybe I'm wrong, but it just feels like yeah, it does because he's always there. And like I said. I, and if they do reveal that to be the case, they need to do it really convincing because if he really is the bad guy, he's there all the time and he knows where he's going all the time. Yeah, yeah, they would have to do a really good job, yes. So like I said, I really want to see how that plays out. I'm very interested in it uh, to see how they do that. Uh, But one of the issues I have, like I said, what I need for Chris Pratt is I need, I need something from him. And like you said, the tone of this movie is very, you know, it's, that's another issue I have with this. This is a beat down kind of a show. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a, it's a tough watch. It's very gritty. Uh, and like I said, I, I need a little bit from Chris Pratt just to see kind of the, the, the Chris Pratt that I know just, and if, I cared more about his family. I would probably be more willing to just say, okay, I need this brooding Chris Pratt. But I, like I said, his family just wasn't, you know, I wasn't that attached to them. I, I wasn't just yeah. like devastated to see them go. So that's where I'm struggling with Chris Pratt. I don't like, I, said, yeah, I don't know what I your can, thoughts are. I can, I can understand. I, I can see why Pratt took this role. Ron Pratt loves the military. Yeah, he does. Uh, and, and like, he's very big on helping veterans and stuff. Right. But this is a totally different role because He's been in Zero Dark Thirty. He right. was a, a seal in that, and he was kind of the jokey guy. He was in The Magnificent Seven, yes, uh, with, with Antoine Fuqua directed, and I'm he was directed that. He, and he was the comic relief in that as well. So I think that even though he's been in Tomorrowland, he was kind of funny in that. He would make yeah. some jokes because he's he's like he is the modern day Kurt Russell, who ironically played his father in Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Because even in the action movies, he would he would wisecrack and stuff, and right. and has charisma. So, but I think I think he was trying something just so different than he had been doing, just to show he could do it. But I'm with you when you see Chris Pratt, you're like he does make one wisecrack, uh, and I put it down. It's actually my line of the week when Taylor Kitsch is going to the golf. Yeah, it's mine too. <laughs> but, he, but he says. You're going to a golf tournament looking like the Big Lebowski. Yes, that I was mean, mine. Yeah. And so I was like, especially Table Kitsch is kind of funny too. I was like, could we throw a few more lines between them? You know, really I, I am with you. Yeah. So uh especially when they've had like dinners and stuff, because Taylor right. Kitsch has tried to he's still 
kind of charismatic. He's not as brooding. Uh, So, uh, yeah. So, but I'm with you. I I can understand that. I I think it's, I think Pratt's trying to do something different than he hasn't done. Yeah, I think he is too. And like I said, I'm all for that. I just really would like to see a little bit more of what we're accustomed to with uh, Chris Pratt than, than, than this completely entirely brooding version of him that we're getting. Look, uh, like I said, it's, there, uh, there are parts of this that I enjoy, but like I said, it is a tough watch for me. Uh, and this, this third episode was a was a tough one. It wasn't as uh, we at least kind of got the story going a little bit in this one. Uh, so that's one of the things I liked about it. We're finally kind of moving the plot forward a little bit with, with Katie uh, trying to do the research with, mm-hmm. with uh, James, you know, starting his hunt for all these people. And that kind of leads us into episode four. He ends the the episode ends with with Reese killing uh, Saul by giving him the methadone shot that he gets from a from a stripper strip joint, which that was actually kind of an entertaining. That scene. that was yeah, that one was interesting because I was like, where is this going? Yeah, because I didn't know where he was going when he ends up walking into that strip joint. I was like, why is he going to a strip joint? This doesn't yeah, make a lot yeah. of sense. But once they they kind of play it all out, I was like, okay, well that does make a little bit of sense. Uh, but episode four, when they reveal that uh, I, I can't remember if it was at the end of episode three, they decide to go after the blood or the the answers i don't remember which episode it was but i think they decided to go for the blood i think that's at the end of episode three and this is when he starts to hunt down the person the people who actually who actually killed his family uh so we get off to a pretty quick start they the very opening scene is they killing this this guy i don't remember the guy's name uh but he kill he goes full sniper uh kills uh shoots the guy as he's driving his vehicle but then he goes to mexico uh, to hunt down the other guy that he's looking for. Uh, and I'm trying to find the guy's name. He plays uh, the the Mexican actor and actress. Uh, Marco Rodriguez. Thank you. And he's and been he's a lot been, of other stuff. I was going to say, any TV show you've been on, this guy's been in one episode. Yeah, because they whenever they need a Mexican, they go get him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He does a great job. Yeah, he's good. I, I like I like what he's doing in this film. I like in this movie. I like this kind of, he's kind of a mentor for yeah. uh for james reese now that his father's gone uh i like that but like i said the whole time though i'm enjoying the katie stuff more because she's actually tracking all this information down about yeah. uh capstone and when she realizes that she's getting in too deep she goes to her brother's vacation home because she doesn't think her brother's going to be there then her brother ends up showing up and uh, that becomes a bit of a problem for her uh but the FBI, the F- the San Diego branch of the FBI has tracked all this information down and they have a lead on her and they confront her at her brother's house. And obviously this is not what she intended. It's not what she planned. And that causes problems for her. Uh, she ends up having to leave the house. Uh, she ends up stealing her brother's car. I don't know where they're going with that at the end of episode four, but she's got to kind of go on the run again so that she can get away from everything. Uh, but she's obviously going to play a bigger role and i'll be interested to see just what kind of role i, I don't know if they're going down a romantic role i was hoping not because like he's supposed to be doing this because he loves his wife uh, i don't think they are what do you think i don't think so yeah, I, yeah I, I didn't get i didn't get that at all i didn't get that at all i mean constance she's an attractive lady and yeah yeah Chris pratt's an attractive man but i don't think they're going maybe if they do a yeah. second season of this they may right. go that road, but i don't think they're going down that road yeah. this yeah. season and i felt like the san diego people were about to be a huge part of the next four episodes. Yeah. I kind of felt that way as well. I feel like yeah. she, they're going to really be tracking her down to see if she'll yeah. lead them to, uh, right. to James Reese. Yeah. Uh, but obviously 
they there is this plan that they hatch out to try to uh capture the guy i don't remember the guy's name but they there is this big gun shootout which i, I liked it's not my favorite wasn't my favorite mm-hmm. scene i didn't like it nearly as much as the fight scene that we got at the end of of episode one but it still was entertaining uh like I said, i'm just not a huge just shootout kind of guy i like i like a little bit more than uh, just guns going on but we get this brutal scene when he finally gets him alone and which he ends up just ripping out his intestines and hanging yeah. them from a rafter. I was like, okay, well, they're really going forward on this. Uh, but that's kind of where the, the, the episode ends and he's got his next guy. So it looks like they've got four more episodes. I don't think he's going straight after Stephen Horn. He's probably going to get some more Intel. Yeah. I would think the Stephen Horn episode comes last, but I could be wrong. Yeah. I'm kind of, yeah, I feel like, uh, Stephen Horn, Jake Horton and him have to have a, a just a huge fight. It's it's just has to happen. I'm I'm just gonna say it again, but I, I really feel like the San Diego people are going to interfere because he's been killing without repercussions. Yes, that was, he really has. That that's kind of you know we mentioned this with Reacher as yes, well, we which did. we both like. You know they're just killing without repercussions, and they know it's him. Right, they do, and they're not even really attempting to find him. Yeah, they're not. Like I said, I think they will. I think they're going to play a bigger role. Like yeah, you said. I think so. I th- I'm thinking somehow they must interrupt. Uh, you know, in five or six. Yeah, I would uh, think that's going to be the involved. case. Yeah, yeah. And also, wouldn't surprise me if Taylor Kitsch's if they if he confronts uh, Stephen Horn, uh, Jay Courtney's character in like episode seven. That's when he finds out that Ben Edwards is somehow involved, and there's the big I showdown between could those see two. That as, could see that as well. Yeah. Like I said, maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong about that, but uh, and like I said, one of the things about this show is I, I, I felt very confident after watching the first four episodes. Is like I'm struggling with this, but I also feel like I need to watch the rest of it to truly form an opinion because I think there's a lot that's being held back. Uh, but like I said, there are some things. It's just such a tough watch because it is so grisly and it is so uh gritty uh, that just makes it a tough watch to get through eight episodes of that. And like I said, it's. I kind of think this would be better as a movie personally, but they're doing, they're doing a series and maybe the book is so long that they have to do it as, as a series to make it all fit. But I kind of feel like this would be better as a movie. I don't know what you thought. I could see the definitely could see a movie. This, this definitely feels like a movie. I think they did it as a series because there are five of books and they're hoping this takes off because Amazon would love to have another big hit, which, Amazon is just bizarre. Night Sky and Outer Range have both done well, and they, they have not. They haven't mentioned either. a thing about a second season, yeah. For both of them, which is bizarre. Yeah, no, I can't figure Amazon would, out. You would think they would love to keep Josh Rowland, you know, and, and J.K. Simmons going, and you would think the same thing for for Chris Pratt and Antoine Fuqua. Mm-hmm. So uh, maybe this one has been. Uh, signed up for multiple seasons but uh yeah i was gonna say I, I i definitely could see see a movie on this um yeah this they've probably extended some scenes that could that could have been that could have been shorter yeah that's kind of what i think as well but maybe maybe yeah. i'm wrong like i said it's not that it, it's not that it's a, a terrible film I, I i have some redeeming qualities for it and once again i think it's i need to see the rest of it before i can make a, a, a truly a final this more so than anything we have watched i really need to see the rest of it before i can really make a, a, a good decision on it but it like i said when you have a show that is so grim and so 
grizzly it's just it's just a tough one to get through uh and uh, like i said i'm struggling with it but uh, uh, you may be having a little bit of easier time with it than i am but I'm having I'm a little struggling. easier time yeah i mean I, I think it's uh i definitely understand it's grim and like i said right. it's you know we're not getting any fun action scenes right. but i still that I, would I like, be go ahead we'll go ahead and i'll, I'll I, go. I, I still like these military suspense thrillers i mean i just i've always enjoyed this type this type of genre if this were more in the line of like John Wick, I would yeah. love it. Uh, yeah, if we got more of just, like I said, just those fun scenes where he's just like, you know, fighting and shooting and killing yeah. and just, those are fun scenes. Like I said, this, right. It's, those it's grim and grisly too, but it's, it's a lot more fun to watch those scenes. If, it, if that makes any sense. I don't know. No, uh, it does. But this is, this is more like the, the Jack Ryan, Tom Clancy stuff. Yeah. I, I liked uh, Krasinski's, uh tom tom ryan uh J- jack ryan jack ryan sh- series i like it because i think there it feels more i don't know maybe i think it's just more the writing of tom clancy that i, I just like a lot more well and krasinski can be a little bit more charismatic than true than, than pratt can here and like i said i think he's i think his role as a cia guy is makes him a little bit more uh i don't know uh more there's a lot more thought in his actions than there is i think with with what pratt's doing in this like i said yeah i just wish we had more a little i don't like i, said, I don't need a whole lot just give me more of that like that line that we're talking about with him uh telling ben edwards about him going to the golf store golf yeah. uh, tournament looking like big lebowski i need yeah. a little bit more of that and I, I and i probably love this show so yeah all right anything else you want to talk about before we get into weekly awards um yeah i think uh i i, I want to you mentioned seeing all four episodes. That tumor is a big deal. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. So if they're go- if this book series keeps going and going, I, I got to have some real wrap up that he's yes. getting surgery and that he's going to be okay before I'm like, you know, oh yeah, I may get surgery. Uh, so I, I'm I'm interested to see what happens with the tumor. Yeah, I'm too because she mentions uh, Katie mentions that at one point in episode four that she thinks that all the the entire team had a tumor. Uh, so just what all that has to do with every anything? Yeah. Uh, how long has he had this tumor? Has it been for a while? So like, there's a lot. There's a lot of stuff that goes on with that yeah. that we need that we need some resolution on. So, all right. So let's go ahead and get into it. We have three weekly awards when we do not when we haven't finished the season. So we have not finished the season the entire season of Terminalist for the first four episodes. Who is your Tyrion Lannister? Your MVP of the of uh, those four episodes. So I went with Pratt, man. Yeah, he's, doing, he's doing something that he hasn't done before. And, you know, he's he's leading the charge. And this this whole show happened because of him. Yeah. Look, I like Constance Wu's character. Yeah, uh, I did Katie, too. Like I said, I cannot Burnett. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing yeah. the last name correctly. But she's not she's not the MVP. I mean, it is Chris yeah. Pratt. This is, this is Chris Pratt's show. And it is very much his. Like I said, I don't love him in this role, but I don't not like him either. I think, I think yeah. it's, I think he's good. I just don't think he's great. Uh, like I said, I think part of it's the writing. So I don't necessarily, I don't necessarily know that the parts I'm struggling with him is necessarily him. I don't, it's just the story as well. So yeah, uh, that's kind of where I am with that. All right. Next is the Agatha all along the best scene of the show. So what is your best scene? Well, we've talked about uh, uh, the MRI fight. Yeah, it is. Mm -hmm. It was is incredible. We definitely need more of that. Yeah, that's what I'm. That's what I was looking for when I when we started watching the show. I I need more of it. Yeah. All right. We've also talked about the next one, Uh, the best line of the week. The if you come at the king, you best not miss. Who? What is your best line of the week? So it's the you're not going to a golf tournament dressed like Like the the big Lebowski. Lebowski. Yeah, Yeah. it was great. Like I said. 
I need a little more of that. I really do. Yeah. If I get more of that, then I'll, I'll be happy. Like I said, I don't yeah. need a lot of it either. I just right, need a right. little bit, just a taste, just a touch. And well, especially it, when you're killing, I will say when he killed the, the guy, man, throw out a line. Yeah, exactly. Throw <laughs> like, something about like, you know, call him gutless or something. Yeah, I know. That, <laughs> give me something. Out, after he pulls out his intestines, say, looks like you're gutless now. I mean, say something. <laughs> Like I said, just give us a little something. Give me a give me a little taste. That's all I'm asking for. So, all right, uh, all right. So we do ratings. Uh, this is not our final rating, but this is just where we currently are with the show. Uh, we have a rating system here on the Main Attraction Podcast. At the top of our rating system is a Game of Thrones. If it is the best, of the best, the greatest thing we've ever seen, we give it a Game of Thrones. If it is just beneath that, we give it a loss. Middle of the road for us is Friends. Beneath Friends is a full house, and at the bottom of the barrel is a Baywatch. So where are you putting the terminal list on our rating system after the first four episodes? So I was struggling with this, and now I'm even struggling more after talking to you. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I will say, uh, I like this genre. I, like, I, I think the acting is actually really good. The fact that you have Pratt, Taylor Kitsch, Constance Wu, Gene Triplehorn, you know, uh, Jay Courtney, all these people, Sean Gunn, all these people. Besides Riley Keough, everyone else has been good. Warren Cody. Uh, so I, I, I'm going to go with I'm going to go with a very low loss. I'm almost out of friends. I'm interested to see how this ends. Uh, I almost went down to friends talking to you, but I, I still want to. I'm interested where this goes, uh, and I'm and I really I think the acting is really strong. I'm uh, almost at a friend's. I'm at the opposite now. I'm at a loss. I'm at a full house for right now. Uh, oh, like wow. I said, yeah. I'm uh, like I said, it's just, like I said, I don't, when I really struggle when it is, you know, four hours of grim and grisly and dark and brooding that four hours of that is the tough, is a tough ask for me. Uh, and I was struggling with it as we got to the end of uh, the fourth episode, like I said, when we got the big Lebowski line, I was like, okay, so maybe we're going to start to get a little bit of levity. And like I said, I didn't need much. I just need a yeah. little bit. Uh, and uh, we still didn't get, we didn't get much after that. Uh, so I'm hoping that we can get more. Uh, I want to know what the deal is with this bird scene. Cause they keep going back to it. Uh, yeah, yeah. I want to see, I want to, like I said, I think there, I think I, my rating could drastically change. I think I could probably get up to a loss even if these last four episodes really give some closure and explain some stuff and we get a little bit more of just a little bit more from what we're expecting what i'm used to with chris pratt i'll i'll really be happy but like yeah. i said I'm, I'm struggling with this with these first four episodes i was uh it was it was a difficult watch for me to say the least so all right uh so this is our midweek episode so we don't do recommendations but we do things that we are looking forward to do you have anything that you are looking forward to in the upcoming week well, speaking of Chris Pratt, uh, I'm looking forward to Thor. Yes. Thor Love and Thunder uh, comes out Thor, on yeah. Thursday. I don't mm -hmm. think he's going to be in the movie very much, but I think no, he's in enough. I think he's in enough that it's going to be exciting and it looks great. Uh, I'm, I'm excited for it. Uh, I have, after Doctor Strange, after getting so hyped about reading what could happen, I have done no research <laughs> on this. Uh, I've, I've been like the, the Midnight Boys on the road. 
the the uh the, pew, pew, uh I have, yeah the summer of no expectations summer of no expectations yes yeah, right. so i have not yeah i've looked up nothing and i have seen a couple of articles like on cinema blend this could happen i'm like nope not reading it. <laughs> don't want to know so i'm going in zero slate can't wait so I, yeah that, that's my other thing my other one is uh stranger things season five hurry up get yes. it to us get it to us don't play around duffer brothers uh, I would echo those same things. Uh, can't wait to see uh, Thor: Love and Thunder. Can't wait to see what they do with season five because they leave. If, uh, the only thing I want to say is season four is left on a pretty big cliffhanger of, se- of Stranger mm-hmm. Things. And so if you haven't seen it, go watch it because you want to see it pretty quick. Uh, the other thing I'm looking forward to, I'm looking forward to figuring out what the hell they are doing on Westworld because I saw the first episode. And I'm like, okay, I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> I have no clue. Well, that's, that's pretty common in Westworld. It is. I have, I have not yet? watched. I have not watched yet. Yeah. yeah it, like I said, there's, I don't know what they're doing in this first episode and I'm looking forward to being able to figure it out. Cause right now I, I, I'm, I'm clueless. I am lost and wandering in the desert to say the least on this first episode. Uh, so I'm looking forward to it when it comes out tomorrow. I'll want to check it out and see what's going on with it. But, um, that's my thing all right anything else you want to have before i go over our uh shows for next week uh no just appreciate everyone joining us well uh, never mind and uh, that's our ending so i'll let you go over our shows for next week for all us. right so next week uh we'll be we'll definitely be discussing uh thor love and thunder i'm going to go check it out thursday night since it's the summer and my son wants to go see it we're going to go see it Thursday night. Uh, I know Ryan will go see it this weekend as well. And we will come back and give you our thoughts on Thor, Love and Thunder. We're either going to come back to the last four episodes of the Terminal List, or we're going to do Stranger Things. We don't know yet. Uh, we will kind of take a look at both of them. And my guess is if you're listening to this podcast, you'll pro- those are two things you'll probably want to watch anyway. So uh, we're not too worried about that. Oh, excuse me. Uh, so like I said, that's kind of what we're looking at. We'll we'll do Thor: Love and Thunder first next week, so we'll definitely give you an idea. And then we can and we'll announce after we get done doing that show what we're going to do once uh, we end the show next week. So, uh, anything else you want to add before we head off? Appreciate everyone joining us, and we'll talk to you next time. I would echo those same sentiments. And as always, until next time, may all of your entertainment dreams come true.